Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today we're talking about minute number nine of the aforementioned Zack Snyder's Justice League. And this minute is going to start with our continued Charles Roven credit and uh, horse riding Batman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. New toy coming this summer. Uh, the minute's going to end with our glorious part one title card. It is. It is. It, uh, there's something about those title cards. The sound that's on them, it's not too bassy, but it has just amount uh, like the right amount of weight. Yeah. When the title card shows up and it says part one, it hits you like that. To drop. Boom. Yeah, just that very soft drone. Sounds, um, I don't know, I, I picture stone. Stone quarry, hey. Oh, stone quarry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It sounds very tomb-esque. Well, it just sounds like it has weight to it. Yeah, like for a, a giant... title card, like it has it has weight to it, and like I a... really I really enjoy that. Um, yeah, we we get the Charles Roving credit in the beginning here, but we also get the Deborah Snyder credit. We get a lot of the the more uh, popular credits here, the ones that people are like, yeah, these are the people that we celebrate when we talk about these movies, mm-hmm. and. Um, one of the other ones that we get here as well is the story and the screenplay. The screenplay was done solely by Chris Terrio. And then the story was written by Zack Snyder, Chris Terrio, and Will Beal, which Will Beal has minor credits. He worked on this movie. He also worked on Aquaman and the movie Gangster Squad. Um, so, and that's all he has on his plate right now. I don't know if he was meant to be part of the continuing DC cinematic universe or the continuing gangster squad universe or the continuing, uh, <laughs> gangster, gangster squad, squad shared universe. Everyone has one now. So, all right guys, if you want us to cover gangster squad, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Minute <laughs> by minute. I'll, uh, make sure to, to do that for you guys. Only because we're huge. Will Bill, will Bill fans can even pronounce his name correctly will beal it's a good name yeah it's a solid name um but yeah it'll be interesting my guess is that he might have been working closely with james wan for aquaman and since he already did this he was working on the story for that as well that maybe will his role here is during the aquaman moments where maybe zach was okay you know chris terrio and zach were probably formulating i mean this is they were probably formulating that since at least man of steel and bbs yeah and well even even david goyer was in on the man of steel stuff Mm -hmm. and so i think that chris terrio and zach were probably like oh we'll work on the apocalypse stuff and the justice league and where where we're going to go with that and then with will beal he was like okay well we need to build what Atlantis is going to be with mm-hmm. Volko and, you know, um, Atlan, Atlan's Trident, Mira, and, and like this whole world that hasn't been talked about before. This is brand new stuff. Um, the mascara doesn't really need extra hands because the world has already been created um, twice over with like Wonder Woman's film and Batman v Superman help setting that up. Like that's already there. So maybe we'll be able helped with the Aquaman portion of it. Um, there, there is 
a few things to talk about here in this minute. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one being the idea we had yesterday of snowshoes for horses. Snowshoes for horses. That is correct, Nate. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that back up. Uh, no, the real question is, um, are there different horseshoes for different terrain? That was the question. That isn't that, and that isn't a. That's hey for all the, our equestrian fans, huh? We know we know you're out there. <laughs> We're real big in the 4-H community. Nothing. <laughs> so this is <laughs> this was the sorry. This is the question that we were having <laughs> yesterday when we stopped recording about. Is it honestly? It was an. It's a legitimate question. It's a legitimate question, but the main joke is somebody in the eighteen or nineteen hundreds had to have had snowshoes for horses. For horses, <laughs> it had snow to snowshoes for your horse. Snowshoes for your horse. Uh huh. Because if you're gonna put, uh, if you're gonna put horseshoes on your horse, yeah, then at some point you had to be like, well, they gotta have different shoes for different situations. Bing, bang, boom! Adidas is born. Yeah. <laughs> formal business casual oh yeah, all different types of shoes okay. for horses can i can i get the wingtip ones for my horse please yeah absolutely of course you got the horse penny loafers yes mm. they <laughs> the got horse loafers they, they, hey horse penny loafers they got uh hay pennies in them there you go these jokes write themselves write to themselves <laughs> snowshoes for horses for when you need to trek all the way to japovic iceland yeah so uh Absolutely. No, I was going to talk about horses. I was going to talk about Batman in this minute. As um, we should. As we should, because he is in this minute. So it it, it brings the idea that we should talk about him. <laughs> I really enjoy I really enjoy seeing, you know, when he when he gets to the village that is not Japov Geisland, it's just the filming location that he we get the we get the final the first shot of Ben Affleck standing at that cliff, mm-hmm. and he takes the hood off. First of all, it's just a, a dark silhouette. Great lighting on you, that hood. Yeah, that you character. can't see you can't see who it is. This Grim Reaper esque. Yeah, it it is supposed to invoke the silhouette of Batman in some in some shape or form because he's in the shape or form of a dark silhouette. Um, what I really like is he takes off the hood. He reaches for the goggles. He doesn't touch the goggles. He goes, wait a minute. Let me take the mask off first. Mm-hmm. Got to get and those. And then lifts the goggles up. Got to get the face in the shot first. Huh? Got to get the moneymaker. I. Old Benny. I don't. Uh, knowing Zack Snyder and knowing how like technical he is about things. I'm sure he was like hood first, then mask, then goggles. Do you. That's my question to you. Do you think this is a. I messed up the order. Of what I was supposed to do for my mark, or do you think it's this is extremely natural? Because they are on location, it is freezing cold. Uh naturally I would have taken the goggles off first. I, I don't and know how the his mask. mask is situated. Is it is are his is his mask over his nose where his goggles are also kind of on the bridge that are keeping it up in place? No. And he pulls it down and it kind of... But then either way, I still would have done the goggles first. Yeah. And then the mask. And so I feel like, yeah, it might seem like 
actor kind of like, oh, wait, not the goggles. I got to do the mask first. And then you the think it was a missing his mark, type missing of mark thing. Hmm. But hmm. I try to think of why in that order, you know, you and I think, think of the it, mask pull down is more of a uh, bum bum, like kind of reveal. I was thinking about it like when you think of Batman's cowl, the face, the mouth is first. Yeah, that was my So it was like you keep the eyes on. Yep. So that you have the Batman mask. You got the chin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's probably what it is. It's got to be. You got to show up. And that's why they were like, we have to have your top face covered still with the big goggles. Are those new glasses? No. Oh. Really nice. Thank you. (laughs) Um, The... (laughs) Oh, it's so flustered. Uh, that Batman would have to have his face covered, and then he lifts the goggles up, yes. and it like creates his Batman the most silhouette. Sense. And right, keeping with Batman, Batman out of Gotham, fish out of water. Uh, how do we? Oh, there you go. That's what I was thinking about the title for yesterday, but like fish I didn't out think, of water. I didn't think people would get it. A Batman out of Gotham. Uh, a fish out of water. You got to save until we get to the Aquaman it, part yeah, here. But next this is week. see, this is why my titles are. This is why it takes me three hours because that's my first time going at it, and it's way too deep. And I'm thinking, no one's going to pick up. Mine on was that. too deep too, and and I think yeah. And then we called it a hunter gathers, and I was like, oh duh, yeah. that's what the episode should have been called. <laughs> but you know when. Sometimes they're right in if front the, of you, and the you people just are, think who are it. listening to the show, they'll they'll be like later on, they'll see the episode called "A Fish Out of Water," and then they'll be like, "Oh, they finally got the title hey. that they wanted to use." You see, we remember, yeah, "Fish Out of Water." Um, Betridge Farm remembers, yeah. So now the other thing that is interesting. So once we're done showing uh, the Batman at the cliff. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to be in the village and Bruce Wayne is making his way through the village people as we enter. No, wait, hang on. They do in the YMCA there? Yeah, the village people. I, my main question about this, um, this is the tiny town that they built, right? This is the tiny town? Right? It, my question is, is this the tiny town? Remember, it was like, really, they just have like the 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 front facade and then all the buildings behind them are really scaled down. That one that you're thinking is the main, the village in in Maine where um he saved where Aquaman saves the Courtlant guy. Yes, okay. and then he so that's in Maine, like North America, the state. Yeah, because that he comes back to it in Aquaman. And it gets like ravaged or whatever by Ocean Master, yes. the big tidal wave. Okay. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's the same town. Okay. I could be wrong. But that village is not this village. Um, but that town is the one that you're talking about where it's like a forced pers- perspective. Like mm-hmm. we had to build a tiny town and uh, and then shoot that like big sequence Aquaman going to the dock yeah. and diving in and like that camera focusing on him. You can see how it looks like a big, like a, a whole town, but it's really just like facade just work. Small. Yeah. 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 It's really cool stuff. I'm glad you brought that up. I thought this was good, it. Good clarification. Okay. Um, yeah, there was, but there was something else that you pointed out here in this minute that I want to talk about. And that is, uh, this, this little, I mean, what would you even call that? I called it a charm. It's like a mezuzah. 
Oh, you're gonna have to explain what that is. A mezuzah is like a little thing you put on your. It's a Jewish thing. You put it on your doorframe. Uh, it's like that. It's like a entrance of your home. Um, evil spirits and whatnot. Say it again. It's just like a religious. No, no, no. Say the the, the, the mezuzah. What it's called? Mezuzah. A mezuzah. I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. Yeah, mezuzah. Um, I'm but that cool seems like that's what that. that thing is. Um, it looks like it's on that archway, which in itself looks like something, uh, something in it, in its own. Um, yeah, but, there's a, so for those listening, there's a, there's an archway. It gets, it's, it gets a shot. It gets a close up shot, um, right before Batman enters the village. It's just an arch, like two. Almost like looks like whale ribs. I was gonna say it looks like two whale bones. Yeah, making this little archway mm-hmm. in the. It also could be in, like in a wide open or something. But he, I think it's whale bones. Whale bones. Yeah, and so this thing that's hanging on the archway is, I'm gonna try and pronounce this. It's a vague vizier. V e g v i with a accent. S i r vague vizier. Yeah, sure. So vague vizier. I don't know what that really translates to, but honestly, uh, I would think of it as something with vision because vizier sounds like something with viz, V-I-S. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe like some sort of deity vision type thing, like a dream catcher, yeah. evil eye dream type, catcher would type be thing. A, yeah, okay. So it looks like it's a Norse dream catcher, essentially. And... Um, what I have here is kind of just like an explanation of what it is. Mm-hmm. Basically, there's nine points on this, right? One, two, three. Yeah, some of them look like tridents. Yeah, some of them look like tridents, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a Norse mythology thing. And what it says here is, if this sign is carried, the hero will never lose his way in storms or bad weather, even when the way is not known. So it's a sailor's type of thing. Yeah, isn't that part of Norse mythology too? Like seafare, like because there's like so, yeah. a lot of boats Viking in Norse. Yeah. yeah, the Vikings are in boats and stuff, and they take boats to Valhalla. You know, the Vikings with their boats. Yeah, yeah, no, isn't I get it. Like, it. A, yeah. like that, you're right. You're yeah, absolutely. In, in Thor, like every vehicle is like a boat. Design. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Even their airships and stuff yeah. have like, like everything very Final Fantasy esque. Uh, yeah, ships. exactly. So, yeah, you might be right about that. Um, it's about, like, you know, the hero, the true self, the heroic self. These, uh, There's a lot to dig into this, just seeing this. I like that you pointed this out because just seeing that is... When you see that in this movie, when you see, you know, this is a, this is a big movie, right? A big story being told here. And then there's a shot of just something like that. It's. It means it's there for a reason. The director is giving it a close-up shot for a reason. And so most people would overlook that. They might think of it as like an establishing shot to understand where, you know, this isn't America. This isn't like any um, part of North America. Like this is a representation of the culture. And sure, you might take that as just exposition of like, okay, we're in, you know, Iceland and this is their culture and get a feel for the surroundings but then to deeper dive into what that mezuzah stands for Mm -hmm. it brings more clarity into what what's going on here mythologically i think the archway is important 
um, probably in just that it is like some sort of archway and it is, you know, going out with that effigy on the wall or on the corner there that it it's is like, like carry uh, this with you on your journey, on your travels type of thing. Yeah. The, the architecture of this arch is very Anglo uh, Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. If you think about like, <laughs> this is funny because this is kind of cool how we can think about it. Kind of lame. If you think about like the Norway section in Epcot, have you been there? Have you seen this? Have you heard of this? Yes. They got the frozen ride. Have you seen their doorways, how they go to a point at the top? And yes. it's very curvy as well. You can see it a lot in um, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. where the horse people are, uh, riders of Rohan. In Rohan, there's very Anglo-Saxon, but it's also just very Anglo. Um, designs are very, you know, like horses and stuff, but it's all curvy and bendy kind of thing so like that archway how it teardrops up yeah seems very scandinavian to me so it kind of just i don't know it fits i don't know what the symbolism symbolism of, of archways are other than just them being gateways um i was watching nhk at one point and they were telling me about the uh i can't remember what they're called the, the gates. The gates. Yeah. Yeah, the gates in Japan. And how, like, those are, like, actually very important, and people just, like, go and walk up to them and just, like, take pictures and stuff. It's like, hey, you need to realize what yeah, that's supposed and, like, to what that, <laughs> yeah. what that means in, in terms of, like, the energy. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and, exactly. Like, where it's like, and oh, all that. snap. That's, like, an important thing, and people are just putting this in front of your, quote, Chinatown yeah. store. It's like, it's, like, the reason if you were to go to Epcot and see the, like, Shinto gate, you know, type thing. Yeah. And, like, you... It, that one gate that would be in J- in the Japan area of Epcot is meant to be like a welcoming of good energy and out with bad type yeah. type thing and and everything that they believe with the Shinto religion. Um, but there's a lot of cool stuff here. I really encourage people to look up the Vague Vizier uh, pendant that's on this archway here. Pendant. Couldn't think of the damn word. There's a, there's a lot of good things on here. Um, the the nine points represent like the nine realms of Norse mythology like Asgard and Jotunheim and And all those branch out like the tree yeah exactly um and it is nice that most of them look like tridents in this version and uh there's a lot I'm sure you can do a lot more deeper thought of what each realm might represent um but I do like that that quote that was on here um, I'll read it one more time. If this sign is carried, the hero will never lose his way in storms or bad weather, even when the way is not known, which is really good for, you know, Aquaman, you know, setting up Aquaman and setting up Batman who is on this journey, mm-hmm. does not know the way, but he's trying to anyways. And, and you could be damn sure he saw that pendant was like, but I know what that means. Yeah, but then <laughs> Batman's also that kind of guy who goes, mm, none of that's real. Yes, but then there is a Aquaman standing in front of him. Yeah, not two minutes later. Um, that's pretty wild. You know what else I really enjoy about that is that um, we're tying Atlantis in with Norse mythology and not just a Grecian and uh, Romantic. You know how it isn't just like ancient Rome, and then they portion of that sank because um, we get that with Wonder Woman. You know. Yeah, not everything is based in the Mediterranean. And, yeah, not everything is based on the Grecian and Roman gods. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah. Norse stuff. So if Aquaman's dealing with, like, just Norse things, and he does give off that, uh, well, he's more Pacific Islander. But still. See, I think that's 
that's the cool thing about it. I really enjoyed that they were like, yeah, we want a Pacific Islander, like, native mm-hmm. to play Aquaman, but that doesn't limit him to... Just that deity. That yeah, one. the yeah, Pacific absolutely. Rim, that, like, that Aquaman could go to... Iceland and be seen as a Norse their god, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he can go to yeah. Greece, and then yeah. they see him as the uh, the epitome of Poseidon. And it's yeah, like, that is it's the that's cool thing. how these uh, they're uh, these like our Trinity is like representation of like the newer version of these gods, where Wonder Woman is tied to the old gods and is more a Grecian based, but like she can still be seen. As other people's deity, Aquaman can be seen as Norse and Grecian and all these things. And Batman is just like some sort of like amalgamation of the nine tribes of man or whatever. Yeah, and he's also like the he's also like um, a cryptid as well, being the Batman. I didn't yeah, think you were absolutely, real. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and, I mean, uh, and that's <laughs> see, he's the dra- he's a, he's a dra- he's a Dracula. Yeah, he, he is his own myth now. And um read Time in the Batman everybody. Great great little fun story, huh? Wonder Woman 1984 also includes something like that where we see Delos, the god of lies and he's also the Mayan god and he has like all these different names, right? Or this god has all these different names and it's not tied to just being Greek gods like Zeus and Ares that uh she knows of gods of all different types. And with Suicide Squad, we got Enchantress and Incubus. I was going to say, you man, you remember Diablo, whatever type of... He is a, a god at yeah, some point. Yeah, he, like, uh, he is like enveloped or... Uh, he is. is a he host is. for a He a, would be one demon. that, yeah. you know, Steppenwolf would be like, you got yeah. old gods in your man. And that was the cool thing about the, the God of War games too was that Kratos discovered other... Gods and and other yeah. mythologies that you know he he did kill Zeus and he did kill Ares and he does know those gods because he's the yeah. one who killed them and then he has to be like oh there's others there's and then there's different realms and then he discovers that there's like Japanese mythology as well out there wow. and, and Norse mythology and there was another one that they oh um Irish Celtic mythology yeah like Cúculain and all that yeah and like Man. that's that's Kratos, the original uh, attack and dethrone of dethroner. Of he wants gods. to be the god of war of every of every religion, which is the story. I mean, yeah. like that is what so now the god to, of war is. Yeah, that's awesome. So then he has to go fight uh, Thor, right? That's the it's the only evolutionary step. Um, but pretty much going to end there. Uh, we do see Batman walking through the crowd of the Icelandic natives, mm-hmm. um, all people that we will see again later, including one, uh, a few very important uh, people that we'll hear from as they sing towards the Aquaman. And I can't wait to talk about them because I really enjoy them. But one of the coolest things about this minute is how it ends with him walking through those people mm-hmm. where it's uh, directed by Zack Snyder, and it's yeah. like it's on the Batman as he walks in, and then it, goes, it hits you with that part one. It's just really cool that they were like title card right there yeah. on his back. This whole beginning epilogue, these these nine minutes, have been on point with these title credits, honestly. Yeah. And it ends perfectly. Like here we are on minute nine. Yeah, and the part one title card hits with only 
a second to spare. That's what I'm saying. Like, it is cool. Like, first 10 minutes into the movie, you're in the first part. I mean, you get an epilogue and people are like, okay, 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 there's so many parts in here. Nah, man. Honestly, the, uh, the fade in of part one is only done within like, like less than a second before it cuts off. So it's like edited perfectly to the prologue is like a nine minute thing. And then boom, part one. So we've done all of the prologue. Now tomorrow is the start of part one, which we haven't even gotten the the title for it. Just so far it says part one. Mm -hmm. That's where it's going to end. Um, so that's where we're going to end for today. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. You can join us to talk about today's minute or any minutes that you're catching up on. We'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 10 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.